Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hey y'all, my name is Shan. Welcome to Cozy Womb Podcast. This is a series for Black fathers because Black fathers matter. Black fathers matter to me. Black fathers matter to my children. Black fathers matter when it comes to my brothers um my mentors my friends they matter because they set the tone for who our children look up to they set the tone for how men women children and other elderly people feel protected feel like you know everything they've struggled for was for a good cause because they've seen who they've been cut become and I want to um I don't know I just want to shine a light on them and hear from them in a perspective that sometimes goes unheard because no one cares to ask sometimes people look at fathers as if oh that's nothing they're supposed to do that why would we, you know, thank you for doing something you're automatically supposed to do? You shouldn't look for any, you know, praise or any uh, thank yous for that. That's the standard. That's the basics. You know, do what you're supposed to do. But when you have a father that's there, that's consistent, that's uh, available, that's attentive, that's caring, that's thoughtful versus an absent father versus a father that thinks his life and his now is more important than the child's future. Um, There's a difference. There's a clear difference. And I just want to show appreciation. So uh, this series, I've interviewed 
many, many fathers from different places, different backgrounds, and I really just want to pick their brains with different questions. So um, thank you for listening to Cozy Boom Podcast, and I hope you enjoy. Hey guys, welcome to Cozy Womb Podcast. My name is Shan, and this is part two of Black Fathers Matter with V Styles. We had um, <laughs> we had a great discussion and breakdown of fatherhood, and I know that you guys want to sit through a three-hour episode, so I broke it up in two parts. This is the second part, so. If you get this first, please listen to the first part and then this. But here you go. Welcome to Mama Shan tip or question. Is it a tip or is it a question? Let's see. Here we go. Back to the show. Back to the show. better now than what we were prior to our creations you know to be honest with you um like we we literally we're friends you know i can go to the cookouts i can go to both day cookouts and it's all uh you know husbands give me that it's all love we sit and kick it and ain't no egos you know because you know i'm i'm dead I get I get them props, but I also give them their props, knowing that knowing that they're dead. A lot of a lot of a lot of uh, fathers don't give it up to to. I don't even like using the word stepfather, man, but you know they don't give it up to their counterparts, man. As far as the person that's there in your in your place, as far as what they're living at, you gotta respect them dudes too. Especially if you knowing that they doing for yours like they was theirs. Yeah. My my dad did that with my older sister and like we were raised and I didn't know she was had another father until we got older. I had no I just always thought that that's my sister. I that's that's different. how both their dads are. Like I don't have to worry about favoritism or what she got, yeah. what she didn't get. And uh, to me, any children if I if I'm a if I'm at a park and there's five kids there and the ice cream truck comes and I have enough money for everybody. They all get Right. That's what you do. <laughs> we'll come with the territory. Um she has a, like Autumn has a um a younger sister. Mm-hmm. And I treat her just like she's mine. I love that little girl. She mm-hmm. she me. You know, and she don't call me dad or nothing. But she, you know, she know I'm Autumn's dad. Yeah. But she see me, like she see me and she give me a hug. And it's like the dope, my kids are fucking dope. They yeah. the dopest. Like I love that, I love that energy, man. The real energy, it, it make you escape from the bullshit. They, children, children are the humans we should be before society got us. Yeah. That, that's what children are. <laughs> fucked us all up, man. Straight yeah. up. Um, but it, it it changed me for the better. Mm-hmm. I'm still growing. Um, and I just love I love that title. That is mm. that is 
What is your um what is your biggest challenge so far being a black father? It's a good question. Not wanting to let my kid shine. Mm. Um I'm not perfect. Mm. So sometimes you can get and I'm not saying I've getting gotten caught up in situation, but I never want to get put in a situation to where it can make them feel humiliated or ashamed of me. You know, um, I'm big on how I'm looked at. You know, and I make mistakes. Well, yeah, I make mistakes. We human, we supposed to make mistakes. Um, but I, the same way I feel about not letting my dad down is the same way that I feel about not letting my kids down. So it's not necessarily a challenge, but I always have to be mindful of every move that I make. Um, have you talked to your kids about um, what's currently going on? Oh, yeah. Yeah, we talk about it. <laughs> okay. We talk about it. Um, um, my my last name um, is something. Uh, my my last name is Vesey V E S E Y. Um, I don't know if you ever heard of Denmark Vesey. Denmark Vesey was probably about uh, maybe ten to fifteen years before Nat Turner. Um, um, you remember that little white kid that shot that church up in South Carolina? Yeah. Well, then that was the church that my uh, great, 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 great grandfather, Denmark Vesey, founded. Mm. Denmark Vesey was from South Carolina. Um, he had a slave owner by the name of John Vesey. His name is Telemark. He brought him over here. He was a carpenter, worked for John Vesey. John gave him the name Denmark. Denmark uh, was a spiritual Israelite. Um, he was a reverend, carpenter. Uh, he wound up winning the lottery and buying his freedom. And he bought a, other, a lot of other slaves' freedom. And he planned a revolt against all the slave owners in South Carolina. Um, he planned it for about 11 months to a year. Somebody wound up snitching him out, uh, wound up hanging Denmark and his crew. Wow. And after that happened, uh, U.S. military school, the Citadel, was created. So they would never have another uprising ever again in South Carolina. You can look that up. Get an opportunity. I think you will find it interesting. Especially you. I would. I was trying to, keyword, trying to watch um, the Mississippi Sovereignty. I couldn't. And that was before this whole protest thing started because people all, you know, love to talk about, well, Black people should try to do this together and do that together. And they don't understand that. They were giving people jail time because they had the nerve to apply to college 
And I'm just like, if you if you penalize black people for having the audacity to put themselves in forward motion in life, then how can you tell people maybe you should try being better, or maybe you should try this when there were so many laws made for us to be less than? Okay. And I'm, just like, I'm just like, I can't do this. So I, mm-hmm. I paused it. Prime has some great documentaries. I will say that that a lot of people need to watch. People don't understand that we're not even really considered a hundred percent human being in our own constitution. Right. So it starts with all the laws that come before. The only way things are going to change if you change everything that come before us. Think about this. We sing a national anthem that uh, what's my man name? Uh, uh, was it Charles Scott Key? Uh, what the fuck his name is? Mm-hmm. Last he, um, he was a slave owner. Mm-hmm. He wrote the Star Spangled Banner. The third verse is a verse where they're celebrating slaves getting killed. Right. They never sing. They never sing the third verse whenever the song is performed. But that doesn't mean that the song. I mean, that doesn't mean that the verse doesn't exist. Or it's not a representation of. Or it's not a representation. Yeah, exactly. So you sing the first two, and you leave that part out. Then you got people who, you know, well, you're disrespecting by not. How about that that national anthem has always disrespected black people? And it's only because we have the internet that we know that it's a third verse. We never knew that growing up. I never knew that growing up. How, how would we even talk about it? Because it's something, it's something that they embedded in us from the beginning. So when none of these rules were meant for us, how do you not understand that it's not a, a fair playing field? It's not even. It's never been even. So, you know, um, for people that don't understand it, for people not even trying to understand it, it's like, man, I gotta get the fuck away from me, man, because I'm tired of wasting my breath trying to explain to you the oppression, you know, and, and people like that, people like to say stuff like, well, this guy, this black guy over here is successful, da 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 da. Yeah, but he also had to work probably 30 times harder than what you did to get your, you know, your success. Right. So it, it's never even. You know, some for some reason people think that it's even. Only time we want to be we celebrated is when it's sports and when it's when it's movies or when it's music. I'm not here to entertain you all the time. I'm you know, I don't necessarily agree with the looting and stuff like that that's going on, but our country was founded on the biggest riot loot act ever, the Boston Tea Party. So and they act as if that was peaceful. Excuse me, may I um come take this, please? <laughs> wow. Nothing was peaceful. Nothing is peaceful that the United States does. Ever. You know, and, and it makes me ashamed in certain aspects, man, because I know I've served, you know, in the Marine Corps, man. I love the Marine Corps. I'll never say nothing crazy about the, the, uh, about the Corps, but our government full of trash, man. Oh, yeah. 
Straight up full of trash. Trash and no accountability. None. <laughs> I, want, I, want, I wonder what would happen if Trump was like, I'm going to get blacks. <laughs> blacks. Uh, I hate when that's Look funny. at my African-American friend. Look Sir. at my African-American friend. <laughs> Naga loves the blacks. Oh my goodness. Get the fuck out of here. How about that? Um... <laughs> Fill in this blank for me. To be a better father to my kids, I blank to decompress from the world. What do you do to decompress? Hmm. Let a lot of shit slide. Hmm. Let a lot of shit slide because you think when certain things happen, the old you might have fucked this person up. Yeah. Yeah. But for my kids, the current me might just let it slide, not waste no energy on it. But also be aware that that type of shit is still around me. Mm-hmm. And also make them aware of you know, look for this type of bullshit. I was just gonna ask you that. Do you discuss after what happened? Oh, yeah. yeah me and I, oh, yeah. We, it, there's no, uh, there's nothing that we will never discuss. Everything, every every door will always be open. Uh, one of the things we learned in Marine Corps when we first there is the dumbest question is, the one you don't ask so there is no dumb question um if i got I me mean, i don't have an answer for everything mm-hmm. it's something that i don't know i damn will find out yeah, yeah. i i'm i'm in the phase of uh, teaching my six-year-old um don't ask stupid questions and she'll be like what's a stupid question a stupid question is something you can use um to answer yourself through knowledge that you have already. So mm-hmm. when you when you ask something, if you know that this is blue because of this, don't ask me why something is blue. And she'll be like, okay. And then I tell her, if I don't know, I'll tell her I don't know, Google it or look it up on YouTube. That's what she'll do. So not only am I saying I don't know, I'm telling you what resource will have your answer. Because just giving them the answer, just spelling the word like your dad refused to do, you're not teaching them what they would do if you weren't around. So um, I try to do that. Aww. Come on, baby. You ain't mean no love. I ain't mean no love. <laughs> bye, bye. Get a little love. Oh, man. Um. Let's see. Hmm. I agree with that. But the dumbest question, like, when I tell them that, like, my, me and my mother, we kind of beefed out right now over something so simplistic. Mm-hmm. Um, when it's COVID, and this is the dumbest thing in the world. <laughs> When this COVID thing, you know, started happening, you know, my mother just getting the Instagram account, right? So 
she calls me one day. She was like, yeah, Lando. Uh, Your mom got Instagram? Oh, no. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I kind of feel responsible for it. You know, I mean, you know, like my friends follow her, you know. She's mad at me now, but I don't care. Um, she, uh, she said, let me guess, you won't follow her back. She ain't unfollowed me on there, but she danced with me. She got me blocked on her phone, though. She won't even oh, take me. Man. I don't, it don't make me know. I'm like, you ain't about to hurt my feelings. <laughs> You're yeah, about cold, man. I'm telling you, black mommy dares. Um, but, <laughs> oh, man. Boy, no more wire hangers. But she, <laughs> for real, she um, she said, Lando, this ain't nothing but 5G. Oh, all right. So I'm, like, I'm like, here we go. I'm like, you ain't learned, you just learned that shit off Instagram. You like, <laughs> you ain't, what do you, you know? So I said it like this. Now, and, and I didn't say it as a smart ass, <laughs> but I said it. I said it knowing, not necessarily that it would trigger her, but I just didn't think I'd get the response that I got. I was like, Mom, what you know about 5G? Mm -hmm. uh, motherfucker, you think you know about everything? And, I, and I'm like, I'm like, Mom, um, I just asked a simple question. You know, I didn't mean nothing by it. Mm -hmm. And she hung up on me. I haven't talked to her since. I've called her a zillion times. I've called her a zillion times. And I'm like, so I had to call my sister. I was like, my mom ain't picked the phone up. She was like, let me call and ask. She said, well, your mother, your mother says that uh, she don't like how you be talking sometimes, so she would rather not talk to me. So oh. I'm like, but I'm like, she don't want to talk to me, but she'll like everything that I got on Instagram. That's the petty. That's the bull. Don't, don't let a woman get into her petty bag. I just ignore it. It's like wow, but I also realize that's that's her way of checking on me. So if if he's posting, then you know shit must be cool. Yeah, I got a my mother. My mother's out cold. She's look at mom and pops. I'm telling you, you'll be you you'll laugh at that. <laughs> what is some advice for younger black fathers that would help if you were young and unaware of fatherhood? Um, realize that kids don't care nothing about nothing except for you. They don't care nothing about nothing brand new. They don't care nothing about no stinking toy, no gym shoes, no video games. All they care about is your presence. No, no feeling in the world. They're coming home from a long day of work, and you putting the key into that doorknob, and you hearing them little feet run up to the door because they know that you coming in the house. Mm -hmm. Whatever bullshit you experienced that day all goes out the window that instantly because you don't give a fuck about what just happened. You home with your kids. So, you know, when it comes to parenting, it go back to what I said. Ben, you got to be selfless, man. Ain't shit about you no more. 
when you have your kid, it ain't about you. I mean, it's, you still have things that you enjoy to do, but it ain't about you no more, man. It's about, you know, that per- Man, I used to love my daughter and my son sleeping on my chest, man. Wake up in the morning, they still there. Mm-hmm. Coming in my room at night because they scared, getting under the cover. Mm-hmm. Waking up with a foot on my face. Listen, the disrespect. <laughs> uh, you can't, you can't pay, you can't pay for for none of that, man. Um, yeah. And that, that's why we, that's why we still tight to this day, man. Because you know, um, it's always I never eat before my kids, ever. Mm. That's something I um, that frustrated me with one of their dads because he is younger. Is like, how could you wake up, eat, um, shower, go about your day, come home, eat, sleep, and you didn't call? You don't know if your child ate today. You don't know if your child has clean clothes. And I would, I would watch the weeks and weeks go by between the calls, and I'm just like, what kind of mind frame can you have as a parent to feel like you have someone so great in your life that they have your child and you don't even have to check on them because you know they're good? So that only told me that, damn, Chantal, you must be a great mother because they are very comfortable calling yeah. every once in a while, um, not visiting, uh, you, you, having pictures. You feel both roles and didn't miss a beat, but that doesn't make it right. It doesn't make it right. And then um, when I, when she was younger, I would struggle with knowing that a child only wants the parent. They don't care about what you brought them. They don't care about um, you know what you provided. They just want to see you, and that bonding is important. But what I battled with with my first kid was the fact that sometimes her dad, like even the first time he saw her, it wasn't, he didn't come at the hospital. The first time he saw her was a month after I had her, and he came empty-handed with a friend. And I had to hold... I had to hold back so much anger. I'm sorry and you were through and, and, and say, you know what, Chantal? He hasn't seen her, just let him see her. He hasn't seen her, just let him see her. And so I went through that. And then over time, I'm just like, okay, I can, I can guide him. I can tell him, you know, this is what you need to do. Next time, gave him the space to redeem himself. Came okay. empty-handed. And I'm just like, you know what? <laughs> so now I can say like, he knows better. He's doing better. It's not the best, but it takes a lot for you to put yourself on the back burner and to be like, you know what? Their relationship is more important. He may not know how to talk to her on the phone and, you know, open up to her. And she doesn't feel like, okay, he's playing the dad role. This is who he is. She talks to him like, oh, your name is Josh. Okay. And my thing is like, I got to give them that space because if I come into it, it's going to look like I'm trying to control the situation. So I think for a lot of 
people who are co-parenting. Hmm? I commend you on that. You you allow um, because sometimes, man, if things don't necessarily go go right on how you think it's supposed to to go right, it could be better. It could, it could be some type of resentment where yeah. kids are, are being used as a tool and. That's the worst. Yeah. Literally, like the worst. That's. I'm thankful in a lot of ways. I, I, I mean, I mean, it wasn't always hunky dory. But once we got over ourselves and, like, man, I love you. I love you too, nigga. Okay, go on your business. You know, you get all them. Yeah, I'm about to get them now. See you later. Okay. You know, you you don't care no more. I mean, you still care, mm-hmm. but the most important thing is you being, you know, dad or mom. Um, yeah. And the the funny thing about kids as they get older, it don't matter what you tell them, they're going to know because they wise all through the years and they see the books. Yeah. So, my kids can never say, I don't remember a moment. My father ain't never been there. I ain't, I, I can never get that. Mm-hmm. You know, I, Christmases, every holiday, like me and Ty, me, Ty and, 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 and Monica, we alternate. You know, I like having, when I have one, I like to have both. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, man, but then there are moments where I feel like Autumn need her time and Cam need his time. But collectively, we the home team. We do everything together, man. So I've never, never, like I'm I'm super lucky, man. I, I really am, I'm lucky. And you know, I used to, I remember, uh, I remember when Monica took me to front of the court and I was bitter. I was mad about, like, I don't think no man, no real dude should have to get in the system if they really truly handling their business because you're dealing with two people that really got egos with each other but if that person is doing right by the kid then whatever y'all have going on you, you should be able to figure that out in due time um when me and Tanya broke up oh man I got a letter we was living together and my, my mother was like she called me she was like Lando uh you got a letter for friend of the court over here. I was like, what? Why are you living together? Living together. Oh, my God. <laughs> Whoa. So, yeah. my mail was going over to my mother's crib. Yeah. My, my parents' crib. So, I immediately packed up right then and there. Packed up all my shit out. I was mad. Just walked out. So, when we went to the friend of the court, man, she was getting, and this was early... This was, man, this is when I first started working for Wayne County. She was getting like, I got I got paid bi-weekly, but she was getting like 308 a check. So you're talking about mm. six, six, 18 a check. I mean, 618 a month for me. And I was fucking bitter. Like, because they, they added in all my overtime, which they shouldn't have did. They should have went off my salary, but they, yeah. It crunched all the numbers together. So as I will give her this, 
she never took me for an adjustment. Never. Stayed there. When Monica took me, she told me she was taking me. So, you know, I was a little mad about it. I was like, well, why we got, you know, because your first experience, man, it, it leave a sour taste in your mouth. Yeah. So she was like, she was like, V, let's just come up with an amount. And I, she said, I just want to have some more pay. So I said, okay. So I went in. She was like, I only want $100 a check from you. I was like, God bless her heart. Yeah. So, friend of the court, when they told, like, when they crunched the numbers, because I was making way more money compared, like, when Tanya got me, I was, that was like my first, second year on the job. Mm-hmm. When Monica got me, I was at top pay. So, she could have got me, like, Tanya was getting me for 308. She could have got me for like 410 per check. So, imagine. So imagine, imagine about fifteen hundred dollars a month just for front of the court for two kids. Imagine, Monica was like, "No, um, we came in here together as an agreement with you know with an agreement. He's a good dad. He does what he's supposed to do. I'm not going to do that there." So they kept sending me out the room to talk to her it was like man. they tried this is what they try to do because i've been there not because i wanted to be because it was on some i'm going to control what i want you to do by telling you what i'm not and what i'm going to do for our kids and if you don't do what i say i'm not bringing her diapers i'm not giving you no money it was that it don't work like that. Listen, and I said, I, I said I've never used our daughter as a pawn, but if you want to do it that way, I don't even deal with you. I'll just have them deal with you. So that's why I went. But when you get in there for any situation, they always try to pit the woman against the man, always. And I had to tell them multiple times, he's not a bad father. He has other kids. This is not what I want. This is what I want because what's most important is that he can have all the kids. And and we can just do this, but I just want it done the right way. You have to constantly reiterate why you're there with them. It's crazy. It's crazy. Well, they sent me out the room four, about four or five times. And the last time I came in, she was like, V, she was talking to me gently too. She was like, V, because Everybody called me V, and you know, I mean, like, well, yeah, but at my new job, they don't, you know, it's Orlando, which is refreshing. Um, she's like, V, um, what do you think about 150? I was like, let's go. 150 is cool. So when I agreed to that, they still tried to talk. She was like, nope, y'all have already done this three, four times. I'm not about to do that to him. He's a good dude. Yeah. So when I went to work the same day, you know, anytime people hear that you got a hearing, mm-hmm. it's like, man, it's doomsday. So I walked. <laughs> in, so I walked in and it was like, well, V, what happened? I was like, um, you know, you know, she got, you know, she got what she asked for. Well, what happened? What they taking from? 
I was like, man, they only want, you know, she only go get 300 a month from me. I was like, but that ain't shit really compared to what I really do. $300 is nothing, you know? So it was like, that's only 150 a check. I was like, yeah, I know. Man, you luckiest nigga I know, man. <laughs> I don't know nobody get deals like that, man. I was like, man, it's because I'm a good father. That's how I'm looking at it. I look at it as, I, I, you know, I may not have liked that she went that route, but she was a person of her word. Right. You know, she went in there with her guns. Yeah, she took it up extra $50, but that was because of them coercing her. To, Imagine to, what it would have been if she allowed them to dictate that. It would have been $4. I'd have been paying four ten sixty eight a check, which is eight twenty, which is eight twenty one. Well, eight twenty one twenty five or some shit like that. It, it's it's Let something. Let me tell like you, my oldest, my, my my six year old, her dad took himself to court, put himself on child support, agreed to pay. I think it's two sixty-eight a month. I've never went to the court and said, "Let's let's you know up it." This man has never paid that, and she's sick. I think he had like eighteen k. Never, never he paid it. I I think he had eighteen k right now. He been just working under the table and doing side jobs since. He ain't got no warrants. Well, because he's out of state, Georgia kind of like throw their hands up for it. And Philly's like, we, we don't have no address on file for him. So it's kind of like, and because, because I got to a point where I'm just like, you know what? Y'all relationship is more important. You gonna eat this later. You being inconsistent and thinking you just throwing this here and nothing. I'm just like, sir, just focus on your relationship because when you ready, you just gonna have this to pay. <laughs> Look, just by seeing the interaction on social media with your kids, and I'm I'm big on this type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Kids are not asked to be here. Right. Um, I pay, and don't give a fuck that I pay. Yeah. Because it ain't it ain't about me paying. Like this is life, like. This game is life. Mm-hmm. You there for the rest of your life, so you need to look into that, man. Don't be no, don't be, don't be no Sammy sucker, man. I hope you know if you see this podcast, man. Salute to you, man. But you need to handle your business on that because that's not cool, man. And what men, what men don't understand is, regardless of what I pay monthly for my kids, because I pay what. Uh, Six. Well, I don't pay all of them no more, but when, you know, when it was both of them, I paid $900 a month, over $900 a month for both. Mm. So, when you truly think about what you pay, it's minuscule. Very. To what, to what you really doing. Because that doesn't, that doesn't mean like this go pop up, this go pop up, this go pop up, this go pop up, this, what I'm gonna do? Take that shit out of your child's support. A lot of men do that. Take it out, I'll pay you for this. Yeah, I'll pay, I'll pay. Yeah. No, you don't. 
Yeah. The thing about Ty and Monica, it was never a time ever that I've ever been like taking it out of child support. Because mm-hmm. I'm dad. I'm, I'm dad. And I earned that title. Um, a lot of dudes want that title without earning that title, man. And that's the that's one of the wackest things, man. Um, I'm, I don't like that. I don't like that shit. Mm-hmm. That like it, it, kids remember. Mm-hmm. They, one thing about kids is they always go remember, man. You know that's why I have super dope memories with my dad, and I got a lot of super dope memories with my mother. But I got a lot of horrible horror story movies, uh, stories with my mother. My mother was out cold, man. My mother, <laughs> yeah, was, man. And people don't understand how that shapes you. Like, I remember things from when I was five still, and I'm 33. I remember things from when I was eight in vivid detail. And my thing is, like, let me not say, let me not do, and let me not show her something that's going to switch her character as an adult now. So I'm very, like, let me think it. Let me play it out in my head before I play it out in front of her. And I like I don't say nothing. I don't have nothing bad to say about her father to her. But my thing is like, you don't know that your child has a better portfolio than you in shares and companies. And you don't know where your child would be if you are actually putting in the money, the minimal amount of money that you are giving me because Childcare for me, for one of them, is 700 a month. But what you are supposed to be doing is nothing. So I think when you have a parent that thinks really small about things, and you have a parent that thinks, what can I do now so my child could feed off of it later? You got to, like, pick your challenges of what you really want to put your energy in. And I just put my energy in them. And I just... All that raw raw that I used to do, I'm just like it's not even worth it. And they light skin, so you like light skin too. Okay. <laughs> so, so now, like when they call, I'm just like your dad is on the phone. Like we don't even have to, we don't have to do this. So um, sometimes that's just how you have to do it for now until that parent matures to your level. But for the yeah. fact that you've been blessed with two mature parents. That's good. No, but but you still deserve, like you get put on paper, man. Honor that. Yeah. Honor that, man. And seeing people get bitter because of that, it's part of the game. It's part of the game, honor that. And most importantly, if you're in the kid's life, you see that that is nothing. It's only a small portion mm-hmm. of what and it, you know, I'm not even talking about from a, a money standpoint. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so many other valuable things that when it comes to your kids, it's like, why wouldn't you want to? I, I, I don't understand that. Right. Like, them two. <laughs> no, no way in the world, man. No way yeah, in the man. world. They can call me whenever. And dad gonna make that happen. And they know it. My father make it happen. Hook a crook, I'm gonna make something happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, 
So they got me too. And that's how it's supposed to be when you do right. Yep. Um, what's uh, one thing about fatherhood that uh, you deal with, you know, whether it's on a daily basis or just something that sits in the back of your mind that you don't feel a lot of people talk about or would understand or be able to comprehend when it comes to fathers in that role? Um, having that title doesn't necessarily make, like my dad, like I think all kids look at their fathers as their first superhero. Mm -hmm. Um, I never seen my dad fucked up until I got shot. First time I ever seen him cry. First time I ever seen, you know, like I seen him smile and crack jokes and we laugh or but I never seen my dad vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Um, I never want to be vulnerable to my kid, man. Um, I remember the effect that it had on me when I was in the hospital bed, seeing my dad. I, I was more fucked up at seeing my dad fucked up than the actual shot. And that's something that, that's something that's still uh, there. Um, I don't think nothing is wrong with busting a tear or nothing like that, but because um, you got to let it out sometimes, but my kids think of me certain uh, of a certain way so i never want to be you know i don't know if that's something that i need to necessarily worry about because i try not to get put in certain positions but you never know um i mean this crazy world you know anything happens but i never want to see them see me weak hmm. i'd rather be tough with them on the phone or in person, then when they walk out the door, go in my room and let it out. Go in your room. Um, James Evans. James Evans didn't want nobody to see. You know, <laughs> one episode he was wiping his tear. It was like, Dad, is that a tear? And then he had to straighten up like, man. <laughs> I've, ne I've never seen my father cry. Ever. Seen fuck me up, man. I still. That was like I like you know your parent you know your you know my dad was like a macho dude you know he light skinned dude my dad used to have a motorcycle afro he used to like my pop was so cool he used to have like he used to have these shirts with the collar big collar but then he had like a little scarf that he had on his neck I'd be like listen I think those are so cool but then when you go to do it, it's just like I look like a fool <laughs> oh man. You know, so he's always, like, he's the reason I'm a martial artist. He's the reason, like, a lot of my mental makeup is is my old man. Mm. He introduced me to fighting and stuff like that. Um, and I introduced him to hip-hop. Um, he's there at my very first talent show ever. Yeah. Uh, when you win first, I mean, like, my pop is my guy. But to see him vulnerable oh man I, I looked up because I, so I looked like the elephant man my face was all disfigured mm -hmm. from the swallow I looked up and 
seeing my own man just at the at the edge of my bed, just busting tears. You know how you have, you know, you know, you know how you had that one big ass tear that just come out your eye. Mm-hmm. That's all. I, that's all I can get to come out the eye is that one big ass tear. I still feel that shit coming on my face. But yeah, I, I don't want you know my kids seeing me uh, all fucked up because they would be fucked up seeing pop fucked up. What um, changed for you after that happened? After that happened, what was like a definite? I'm I'm not doing this or. I'm doing this after that happened. After the shot? Yeah. Um, a lot. I think I had 11 months on the job back then um, at Wayne County. Um, I always like I'm a, I'm a lot like my, I feel like I'm a good guy. I don't fuck, I've never fucked over people. Mm-hmm. I've been in fights. I've been in justifiable fights. But to just fuck with a person just for the sake of doing it, like they doing to us now, mm-hmm. I've never been. I've never been. I was. I wasn't that type of of employee. Um. So to get shot in that profession, you don't know. Especially when you don't know why you got shot. Mm-hmm. They never caught anybody. Um, it just was one of them life lessons. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you wonder, like, did I fuck over somebody? Did I do something wrong to somebody? Did I? Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember being in the hospital, and, and the girl I told you that committed suicide. We had broke up um, like a couple months prior to that. I had just working, start working there, and I was feeling myself. I was young. I was getting money, and when I called her from the hospital, and she said, yeah, I seen it on the news. I, I you know, I wish she was dead. And she actually said that to me. And that was the moment that I realized my actions affected somebody mentally and they were hurt. And I kind of vowed when I got better, when I will be able to be whatever normal is again, Nope, I'm not. Oh, yeah. Quit playing, man. Um, I vowed that I would win her back over, and as I got better, you know, we got better, and things, you know, at least in my opinion, um, my own. You bet not. There you go. Um. At least in my opinion, they got better. And I'm not getting it. At least in my opinion, they got better. And then one day I got a call at the job. Well, I had worked a double. And I got a call at 903. I just got home. I was taking a shower. Uh, Well, I took a shower and I had to get back up at 3 o'clock to go to work. So she called me about 9.03. I looked over at the caller ID. <laughs> caller ID. Looked at the caller ID. It said in the kid board. I looked at it. It's 9.03 a.m. Mm-hmm. So I called her back. And I went back to the seat. And I got up about 1.15. Called her about three times. She didn't pick up. I said, oh, she's asleep. 
She got to work about 3.30. I got a call that she committed suicide. And I didn't believe it. It was kind of like surreal. And then I went over her house after the shift. It was one of the weirdest fucking feelings you could have. And then it's like, it's like I live with 903 every day. It's not a day that I don't see 9, 903 a.m. Mm-hmm. Every every day I, I, I see 903. I play in the lottery. I play, you know, like those are key numbers to me, if it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I remember um, prior to that happening, you ever heard anybody say that you didn't see the signs until after the fact? Mm-mm. Well, I've heard it, but I've always, I always see signs. Yeah. Well, I remember she was like, well, Orlando, she was one of the few people to call me Orlando. Orlando, I just want to let you know, I forgive you. You know, I treated her bad. I yeah. wasn't the, the best person. And she would always take me back. And I get caught in all types of situations. She would always take me back. And I was trying to win her back. And to get that call, and then after everything was said and done, seeing the signs, but not seeing them as they was happening, mm-hmm. and feeling me because that changed my life. It changed my life forever. Um, but then I also had to look at the flip side. I wouldn't want my life changed right now because of my kids. I couldn't imagine what my life would be like without them. So if anything, that situation brought me off brought me down off my high horse mm. back then I had a big afro and I had no I had no uh no beard or nothing <laughs> no mustache I had a big afro yeah um, I was kind of I was proud I was uh I had a little arrogance going on mm-hmm. and, and sometimes you know uh whatever you believe in. Sometimes things uh, have ways of uh, humbling you and sitting you down. Humble and, and I remember having the whole, what was me? And, oh, why this shit happened to me? And I had to get over myself. Um, it happened for a reason. And hence, because that happened, that's how V-Styles was created because I started using rap to heal myself. Mm-hmm. And that was my therapy. I never went to a psychologist. I never went and seen anybody. I never had these discussions. I never, because I, in my mind, I'm okay. I had to learn how to, it, I had to get rehab on how to walk again for about a week and a half, two weeks, because my equilibrium was all messed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, once I got that back together, you know, I, I got shot on October 4th. I went back to work probably the 29th of that month. Now, I easily, I could have easily stayed off for about a year. And I tell you, the bullet went in right here. I don't know if you can see that, but it's an entrance, it's an entrance and an exit wound. And it's weird, whenever I see Conway, we have these conversations. I, I tell him all the time, man, use that experience to 
to let people know that you still can do certain things, man. You know, when you experience something like that, man, it can either make you stronger or it can make you, it can turn you into the biggest pussy. I felt like my situation, you know, it made me a little stronger and it helped me use my situation and try to help it, you know, try to inspire people. I've actually been to, you know, I've been to Canada and I've been to schools here just talking about what happened to me and why didn't I, why, you know, I didn't stop pushing. You know, if anything, it made me push because these styles was literally created, you know, off of me getting shot. I mean, I've always been I've always been a b-boy. I've always been a part of this culture. But I started rhyming as a way of healing myself. And one thing led to another, to where I just felt like I started getting better and better. And then it's like, man, I can do this shit, man. So that's how it really happened, you know. True story. Music is supposed to heal people. In my case, it... To, to explain that story to kids that all they know is the, you know, stuff that they hear or the videos that they see. And mm-hmm. they, may not know, they may not know your catalog, but they may know a few records. Mm-hmm. But to, to get off of that and to talk about like real life stuff, mm-hmm. oh, you never know who you touch. And I, I can remember like after each uh, conference I would have, or seminar, or whatever you call, I always had kids that come up to me and take pictures, and they want to tell me, you know, the situation, you know, that they've had that's made them a certain way. And I gave these kids my numbers. And these kids, mm-hmm. they still call. They call. They still call. I'm like, man, anytime you want to talk, I don't care who, you know, I'm there. Mm-hmm. So I still have kids hit me up from Cali, hit me up from. Ontario, Canada, hmm. uh, Toronto. I mean, just to, you know, shoot the shit with me. Let them know that, you know, let me know that they good. I still keep in contact with these people, man. So you have to use your, what can be considered a downfall to, to try to help somebody else, man. At the end of the day, if you touch one, that's more than what you touched before. So I right. try to use to try to uplift and, you know, uh, try to bring awareness and letting people know that they're not alone on, on, on certain things, you know. And you can get through certain things. Don't give up. Like, you know, Everything's had, temporary. That's what I tell people. Had, had, had this never happened, I probably would have never started rapping. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would have got comfortable doing that job. Who knows where I would be with that job. Um, but that happened. And because that happened, other things start happening in other avenues. So, you know, you may not get the million dollar paydays. Everybody don't have a million dollar payday stories. But what I do have is a ton of respect to this industry, to the people that I care about. And that's all that mattered to me. That's that's my payment, if that makes sense. Hmm. My payment. All I ever wanted to do was rock 20, 25,000 people and put out one album. 
and I've done a lot. <laughs> yeah. Done a lot of shit, man. So, you know, uh, I'm I'm blessed, man. And super, what's super dope is my kids. My kids kind of, you know, they know they, you know, they Google, you know. Um, my son, uh, whenever I go, whenever I go uh, to, to, to his wrestling uh, matches or I'm going up to a school, you know, his friends just want me to rap. Like, mm-hmm. I'm looking at him, I'm like, man, you're not paying me right now. <laughs> right. Like, you know, like, like, I'm supposed to be up here like, da-da-da-da. Like, right. Uh, I, no, we ain't doing that. I'm like, Cam, why you always got to put me on the fucking <laughs> You are your visa. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. My last question for you is um, what can women, children, and other family or friends do to help the negativity that Black fathers get? Who? Say that one more time. I just want to make sure I heard you correctly, but I think I got that. <laughs> what can women, children, and other family and friends do to help the negativity Black fathers get? Excellent question. Um, who? Some people may not like this answer. It ain't about some people. This about you. I would say, um, as far as women are concerned, um, friends are, it's also a difficult question. Everything, not necessarily meant for everybody. So I say that to say this, whatever your relationship is with the mother or father of the children, mm-hmm. that should be amongst you all. But sometimes whatever party may need to vent because they're in nine times out of 10, it's gonna be the mother because she has the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, she needs to vent. Her friends should be supportive of that venting but also try to uplift the mother because a lot of times the mother could, you know, even though she may be right on how she's feeling, sometimes, man, the friends take how the mom is feeling and make it their situation. Yeah. It ain't your situation. So like when it's stuff like that, that's almost like adding fuel to the fire. And nine times out of 10, if you have two emotional women next to each other and they agreeing, mm-hmm. you, got one, you got one that told the story and the other one agreeing and then adding her own little thing to whatever's going on. It's not going to be a good cement and bricks. Cement and bricks. <laughs> yeah. It's not going to be good. So it's hard for me to say to not express yourself 
because having a kid not easy. It take two to tangle. Um, but I also believe if the man is worthy of getting dogged out, then if the shoe fits, wear it. Mm-hmm. But um, sometimes I think, like I can understand, like maybe telling your mom, or maybe an aunt, or something, somebody you real close with in the family. But sometimes, like it's nothing worse than somebody else take my aunt. <laughs> really? Stop. Stop. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I can do a cat, y'all. <laughs> yeah, my cat, man. I love my baby. She be bullshitting sometimes. Um, a lot of times. Like, it's nothing worse than somebody taking somebody else's situation and then making it theirs, and mm-hmm. now they have their little shit, and, and, and then nothing will ever get right because now you're going to have three people that's mad at each other. Yeah. It's like, you need to get to, you know, why is he in our business? Right. <laughs> it turns into something else. Yeah. You see, you know, Again, being a parent is, is like that's that's real that's real on the job training. So, oh man, the the right thing to say would would be both of you all being responsible and mature enough to to try to work things out. But it never works out like that because it's always. Somebody, somebody, one end is gonna be mad. Yeah. It, it's, it's like unless you're married and you're in that situation, or you're getting married when you're in that situation. If you mm-hmm. have a kid and you're not married, somebody gonna be mad off yep. rip. Yep. How it is. Um. And then when you feel like you're gonna get to this point, and you get mad. Not everybody mad while the time is just going on and the, and the kid is growing up amongst y'all against each other and they're watching that. And they yeah. remember. Mm-hmm. It's not one definitive answer that I can really give you because everybody's situation is different. My situation was I had to get over myself. I had to get over myself with Tanya and I had to get over myself with Monica. Once I got over myself and first and foremost understood that there were good mothers first. And a good mother is never gonna put their kid in harm's way. Once I understood that, you know, my dad said some of the illest things ever. I think I told you before. In order for you to have a good relationship with your kids. You gotta have a good relationship with the mom. Yeah. I don't necessarily, I don't necessarily mean kiss their ass. Mm-hmm. But always be respectful, and if she's doing right by your kid, then you have no reason to be disrespectful toward her. My dad has a way of making 
the hardest thing sounds so simplistic? Ooh, I, you know, <laughs> for me, sometimes it's hard to take your 10 and talk to somebody that makes it feel like a two because it's kind of like, why you always, yeah, why you always got to dumb down my, uh, my problem? But I go over there and be like, about the time yeah. I walk I'd be like, okay. <laughs> look, 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 oh, look, 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 Let me tell you this, and we can go back to this. Um, okay, so me and Monica broke up. So two weeks later, and my son, my son was like, maybe, my y'all. Why? Why? Huh? Bye. Bye. Um, it took, you know, my ego was shook. My son was about a year and a half. Um, I went over, I went over to Monica's crib probably two weeks later. I was mad. And Two weeks for me was a long time not to see my kid. Like I, like I love kids, so not seeing my kid for two weeks was pretty hard. But I was angry, so I called her. I was like, I want to come pick Cam up today. She was like, Okay, well, come over. So I went over, and I seen this car over there that I had never seen before. And they had a Wayne kind of Sheriff's Department sticker in the car. So I went over, and that all my intuition was telling me it's a nigga inside. Nah. Kids are super impressionable when, from from zero to two years old, impressed. So I knock on the door. She, hey, V. I'm like, uh, who over here with uh? <laughs> and she was like, this is my friend. I was like a male. Now it's two weeks later after you know, so. Yeah. So I'm sitting up here, you know, she was like, yeah. I was like, don't have no fucking mails. And I- You ain't even what? My son ain't two years old. <laughs> and I'm yelling. And I remember the car, it was a white Dodge Stratus. So I went to lunch like two weeks later. I went, I was going to lunch. So I seen this, like she was working over the courts. So I drove past that same car. So I looked inside. And I seen his now stepdad. I seen him. <laughs> and I was like, nigga, stay the fuck away from my son, man. I fucked you up. Da -da -da -da, nigga. <laughs> I got a uniform on, talking all this shit to another nigga with the uniform on. Fuck yeah. you. He ain't back now. I give him credit. He was like, man, well, I, I'll be around him if she want me around. I'm like, no, you won't. Nigga, mm -hmm. you know, oh, <laughs> oh, I went home. Mm -hmm. I went over to my parents' house, and I'm mad. Like anytime I have a situation and I'm and I can't think straight and I'm mad about something, I talk to my dad. And my father was like, "Orlando," <laughs> he's like, "You wrong." I was like, "Well, why am I wrong?" He was like, he's not doing anything that she's not allowing. So what does he have to do with you being mad? 
that's you being mad. If anything, you should be mad at her. But he didn't do anything. Two days later, I'm getting off work. I'm about to walk into the parking lot. He just pulls into the parking lot. He's walking this way. So he sees me walking. And he see me, he look at me, he gave me that look. Oh, here comes. So I walked up to him. And this is way before they was married. I walked up to him and I was like, hey man. I was like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I was like, hey man, I just wanted to say I apologize for what I said to you a couple of days ago. Um, I'm not mad at you. Um, but if you go be around my son, just be respectful. And he looked at me kind of like in shock, gave me that. And it was what it was. And and we laugh about it now, you know, at all the wrestling meets and all, all the, you know, because you get past certain things, man. But, you know, it goes back to another situation where my dad, my dad has the, the correct way of saying things to make me look at it from a different perspective. Now, but you got to got to get over yourself, you know. Um, I wish, I just wish a lot of fathers realize how much they miss out on and the things that they can't get back. Like, I ain't miss nothing. That's why I say control is an illusion. You'll never be able to control everything you get the illusion of control. Like, I feel like now I'm in the house of my kids. I control what happens to them. But if the oven blows up in the kitchen, I don't control that outcome. If I'm driving them to the store, I don't control that outcome. I think fathers, as the fact that you guys are protectors, you want to control the parameters of what could possibly happen. And then- Not, not just protectors. We are the first protectors. Yeah. Tell my tell my daughter that all the time. Like I'm the first protector of, of all of you. So right. I'm acting a certain way is because, you know, don't be mad, but I gotta make sure y'all good. Right. And uh it's just something you you learn to mellow out and choose those combative moments where you wanna step up and 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 say something about what could possibly happen. I used to get in quarrels with my youngest um, child's father over assuming or making up things in his head that you better not have this or this better not happen around my baby. I'm just like, I said, did you drive all the way to my house to tell me what I better not do and no, nothing's going on? It was generally, bad. generally when dudes do that, that mean they got something popping off. Oh, I know. And 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 that's how you know when you live a life where you're not trustworthy and you're doing sneaky things, your mind wanders and um that control thing will eat you. But once Yo, you let go, once you let go, you'll be okay. But the reason why I asked that question. You know, what can friends do, family do, uh, women and children is because. Supportive and positivity. But that's, but for me, I've never really seen people be super supportive. Usually they add their own look. That's what I'm saying. 
saying? Like, if we were on this, oh, let me tell you what um, his dad did, or let me tell you what uh, my dad did for me this weekend. If we was on that um, positivity, this whole men ain't this, and dads ain't this, and they don't ever do that when it exists. Because when your mom does something good for you, you on speaker box. Man, let me tell you what my mom cooked for me this weekend. Man, my mom came through with X, Y, and Z. But when his dad is kind of like, anybody about to congratulate you for you? That's what you're supposed to do. And it's, it's not. Y'all well, need the point. same appreciation, the same loudspeakers, just like moms get. And I don't see it. My dad, excuse me, my kids make yeah, my kids make sure that I'm that they know that, that they they make they make damn sure that I, that I'm appreciated. They let me know just by actions, just by and it just lets me know that's what I put in them. Um, you whatever you put in, that's what you're gonna get back. And yeah, my I wouldn't change shit for the world, man. My kids, uh, they a one, both of them. They're pretty cool. I got some cool kids. Um, I want to say my last thank you to you. Um, thank you for being a fearless father. Uh, no matter how society portrays you as a black father, in the media, you continue to defeat that. And uh, we need to see more of that. Thank you for doing that. And uh, keep growing out here. And happy Father's Day. Hey, thank you. And I appreciate it. When I tell you I thoroughly enjoyed the three hours <laughs> talking to V Styles about fatherhood because his his upbringing was like you know rare you know father and mother being married for fifty years rare right then he had his own experiences with. Um, being young, being in his ego, uh, you know, traveling, um, having different jobs, you know, knowing when he was being like a trash individual, knowing that he needed to be better and having that space to grow and change, being shot in the head and living through that blessing, um, having two kids boy and a girl blessing and their moms growing through that that growing pain of understanding that it's not about you and keeping the friendships with their moms regardless of them not being together like that that is skill that is um perseverance that's that's should be every man's goal when it comes to your kids and um I really loved it and I hope some man out there who has a mom a, a a child and the mother of the child going through things listens to this or this gets passed on to him so he can understand like that's very temporary and don't let a temporary thing steal your moments with your kids you know you hear him talk about how he loves being around his kids and enjoying moments with his kids, never missed a Christmas, you know, been there for prom, all of that. And that's very important 
that helps your child become better adults out here. And that's why I wanted to do this series is because a lot of people think um, the man's experience is one way in fatherhood and it's not. Hope you guys enjoyed the episode. Please follow us. Follow us as in me. <laughs> At Cozy Womb Pod on Twitter. Please follow the Facebook page at Cozy Boom Podcast. I need some feedback about these episodes. Um, I've been doing episodes since 2018. I want to say March. And um, I feel like in 2018, it was a lot more feedback that I was getting from the episodes. And now I'm kind of really wondering, like, what do parents or soon-to-be parents or listeners um, need from like other parents? Or what do you want to know? Or um, what are you mostly uh, curious about um, that you would like to be talked about um, that's not talked about enough? And uh, if I can, if I have an experience with it, I would love to share it. I'm really curious on what it is what is it that I haven't shared or I haven't done an episode. I feel like I've touched bases on most things. The only thing that I haven't touched base on um purposely is um women who have had miscarriages because I've never experienced that. Um and I don't like to do episodes on things I haven't experienced because I don't know what that's like. But um, if you guys would want to share any feedback, please um, check out the Cozy Woman Podcast Facebook page and uh, the Twitter. DM me on IG at Cozy Woman Pod. Uh, I answer my DMs frequently. Um, if there's any podcasters out there or anyone that's interested in any type of um, branding of their you know, product. Uh, I don't mind adding it into the show if that's something you're interested in. Just please email me at CozyWombMama at gmail.com. Hope you guys enjoy the show. Would love your feedback. If this is a show that you're interested in, please subscribe. And please leave a review on Apple Podcast app. Thank you. Bye. 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 You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? 
My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.